Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, can we get up one more time for our worship team? Wow, praise God. John chapter 14 and uh, we are in a series entitled Jesus is and today is part two of this series jesus is and we're gonna spend the next few weeks filling in the blank i mean i was absolutely blessed by pastor ruben's message last week jesus is the answer to life come and see come and see jesus for yourself how many were blessed by last week's message we opened up this series i know it was online but it was with a bang and uh here we are live and we're gonna jump into week Two, I actually lost some of my voice as I was preaching this message to myself at home because I was so excited to share this with our church today. Verse 1 says, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, Would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you will also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how are we going to know the way? And Jesus answered, Oh, it's so good. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on. Someone shout from now on. Someone shout from now on. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father that I, that'll be enough. Jesus says, don't you know me? Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me and who is doing this work. I believe believe me when I tell you. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the words themselves. I've never actually preached on this entire text. But there's one text that I have preached on that I just want to reiterate for us right now. Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The title to my message as we fill in the blank today is Jesus is God. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you're going to speak to us today, Lord. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this place already working in the tough soils of our hearts, Lord God, with the soil of every heart that's here today, Lord, be soft enough to receive the implanted seed of your word, O God. 
that your word is life, life to our being, Lord. So we pray, Lord God, that this word may be more than just information being disseminated, but this may be a word of heart transformation that we experience. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you for allowing me the privilege to being married to the hottest woman on the planet, Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says amen. Can we give God a shout of praise in this place? You know, for the next uh, few weeks, we're going to be filling in the blank. We're going to be filling in the blank of Jesus is. Jesus is blank. And so we're going to fill in the blank and... Um, the way we answer this question is absolutely important. It's not a test that we're taking, but it is an important question that we are all that we are called to answer. But it's presented in in fill in the blank form. Now, now I don't know about you, but I'm not a fill in the blank kind of guy. I'm more of a multiple choice kind of guy. Anybody know what I mean? I'm more of a multiple choice kind of guy because when you give me multiple cho multiple choices, I know I got A, B, C, and D, right? And sometimes D makes all three of them legit, so you pick D and you got A, B, and C all up in the answer. Like, it's awesome to have multiple choice because you give me a fill-in-the-blank kind of scenario, you are giving me an unlimited amount of potential answers that I can answer according to the spectrum of my understanding. And so just give me the four options that I can select as an answer. I'm just good with multiple choice. I ain't good with fill-in-the-blank. And I think most human beings are better with multiple choice than they are with filling in the blank. Because some of the answers that we give when we fill in the blank are crazy. Like, I, you know, like, and, and fill in the blank is it's just not multiple choices. It helps everybody out. Like, you ask, I ask my wife an open-ended question, like, fill in the blank. I, I, this happens all the time because my wife is simple and direct. She'll just t tell it like it is. I'll be like, hey, baby, what are you making for dinner? Fill in the blank. Food. Because I thought you were cooking the TV tonight. I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Like, my wife is really direct. Hey, baby, where are you going? Outside. Oh, no, I just thought you were putting on your jacket for you to chill here and go somewhere else other than outside. Like, I'm like, baby, where are you going? I'm going outside. Hey, baby, what are you cooking for dinner? I'm making food. I got there already. Now, you ask Ruben to fill in the blank. It helps him to have multiple choice because you ask Ruben, hey, <laughs> What kind of food you making? He'll tell you, well, when you mean food, what do you mean exactly? Did you mean food of the spiritual kind or did you mean food of the physical kind? Because if you meant, I'll give you the answer to both. Because if you meant the spiritual kind, did you mean like theologically or did you mean, uh, did you mean like, like or, or did you mean physical? Like, did you mean like fast food? Did you mean like, like nourishment? Did you mean like veganism? Like what kind of food were you exactly talking about? But I'm going to give you the answer to both just in case you were talking about both of them. Or did you talk about food in the Greek? Is that a misspell of food? Like, just give Ruben multiple choice. Like, are you cooking chicken, steak, or beef? Make up your... Hey, like, fill in the blank. And, I, and I, I tell you, man, fill in the blank is crazy because I saw... I looked up some of these scenarios on, the, on this place called the Internet. And uh, that's a dangerous place. And so I looked up these examples of filling in the blank. And, and man, there's some people out there that they need multiple choice because you give them an open-ended question. Like, fill in the blank. And I found some cases for you. Can I read them to you? What ended, can we put that up? What ended in, in 1896? 1895, just in case. This is what you call the Lisa answer. She gives you just in cases. I don't know, what else would have ended in 1896? I just, it was 18. 
95. And what about this one? Uh, we have Bob has 36 candy bars. He eats 29. What does he have now? Clearly, this person wasn't looking to be a mathematician, but he was looking to be a doctor. If Ruben would have answered this question, he just says, what happened to Bobby that his mother is allowing him to eat 29 candy bars? There's, much, there's a much greater problem than him not being answered this question. There's a much more significant issue that he is dealing with. Someone call Bobby's mother. What about who is your hero? Fill in the blank. Write two things and make this person a hero. I am. I am my own hero. Clearly, this is Amanda. Uh, this is Amariah Miranda right here. I just want to give her a shout out. It was her birthday this week. She loves when I mention her name. She goes, I am my own hero. First, I am kind to myself. And second, I do things that I want. Come on, somebody. Who else? Not mom is my hero. Not dad is my hero. I am in the blank and this is my best one like if you got a math problem that you don't know how to answer here it goes Jesus is always the answer and another the teacher she said nope not in this test you know what I'm saying I think when we're asking the question Jesus is fill in the blank how do you answer that how do you answer Jesus is fill in the blank can we put that up Jesus is Jesus is fill in the blank and I think so many people have answered this question Jesus is differently I think so many people there's not it hasn't been multiple choice we're presenting as Jesus is and you fill in the blank because when you fill in the blank you're expressing what you feel in your heart about Jesus or what your understanding is about Jesus. It's not a, it's not a multiple choice scenario. We're not going to suggest for you. It's for you to answer for yourself. Because I can give my opinion. And today I will do that for us. But ultimately you have to fill in the blank of who Jesus is in your life. Because the way you see Jesus will ultimately determine the way you live your life. And so many worldviews and, and belief systems and religions have all answered this question differently. And, and some have said that Jesus is an amazing and articulate teacher. Others may have said he, he is a prophet that needs to be revered. Some might say that he's an enlightened man. Some might say, hey, you know what? Jesus is really my, like a life coach. You know, like he's an amazing life coach. Like he makes me do things better. He, he improves my life. Jesus is awesome. Have you met Jesus the therapist? Because there are some people that see Jesus as a therapist and he counsels me and he helps me out and he makes me become better. Have you met Jesus the insightful man? Well, Jesus is an insightful man. He is, some, he is someone that is good. He is someone that is, 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 is someone that we can follow. He is someone that, that we can view as a great moral example. And I think that we, what we will find is that many good-hearted, well-meaning people will begin to create a portrait of Jesus that he never painted for himself. What ends up happening is that we begin to create a portrait of Jesus that he himself has never painted. And then the consequence is, is that we simply begin to see Jesus as a figure that plays a role in our life instead of the Lord who was meant to reign in our life. Yeah, if, depending on how we see Jesus, we will see him as a figure that plays a role in our life or we will see him as the Lord that is supposed to reign in our life. And that's significant because the way we see Jesus is the way we will live our lives. 
And I want to tell you that what Jesus has unequivocally declared of himself was something that has never been declared before him or ever been declared after him. What Jesus has declared of himself is that he is not simply your ordinary man, that he is someone that is unlike any. What Jesus declared of himself is that he is God. And that's great news, but Jesus' declaration unfortunately, doesn't let anybody stay on the fence with Jesus. Because Jesus was either a liar, he was either a lunatic, or he was Lord. He was either lying about himself and saying that he was God, or he was crazy. And I think C.S. Lewis said this, he's like, he's either a lunatic Lord or he's a liar, but you can't sit on the fence with Jesus. Unfortunately, because what Jesus has declared of himself, it puts us in a place that we have to either agree with him or deny him. And Jesus' declaration communicates to us that we can't sit on the fence with him. Why? Because Jesus didn't come just to simply be a figure that plays a role in your life. Jesus came to be the Lord that lives and reigns in your life. Jesus did not come to take part of, of the equation. Jesus didn't come to take a, a supporting role actor in your movie. He came to be the center of the attention in your life. Jesus didn't come to be simply the salt and pepper and the adobo of your main... Anybody any of your food? He came to be the main course of your life. In the famous words of Conor McGregor, he didn't come to take part. He came to take over. He didn't come to be a guest. He came to be God. He's not here just to be one of many gods. And this is what you need to understand, that what Jesus, I want to submit to you the portrait that Jesus displayed to the world, that he's not one of many gods, but he is God. That he's not a created being, but he's the, created, he's the creator of the universe. That he's not simply a prophet or a messenger or an enlightened man, but he is the light of the world. Can I brag on my Jesus just for a second? Can I brag on him for a minute? Listen, you need to understand that Jesus is not just king, but he's the king of kings that Jesus is not just Lord but he's the Lord of Lords that he's not here to be the part of an equation but he's here to be the Alpha and the Omega can I brag about my Jesus that he's not here simply just to be a picture or, or, or he's not here just to be a piece of human history but he is the point of human history that the greatest revelation in all of human history has a name and his name is Jesus his name is Jesus there is none greater there is none superior there is none higher. He is the highest of heights. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He, there is no other person who can top Jesus. If you believe that in this place, give him a shout up. It's Jesus. Jesus is as good as it gets. And I'm sorry, Brett, the hitman heart, but he is the best there is. He is the best there was. And he is the best there ever will be. Jesus is God. And I know at the sound of that you might think that I'm here to build a case that he is God and, and try to articulate in a way that would prove to you intellectually that Jesus is God and approach this from an apologetics kind of approach but I just think that our faith is much greater than intellectualism. I really believe that our faith is heart transformation. 
and, and, and I'm not here to, to preach to you to be able to win a debate. I'm here that the Holy Spirit would win your heart. I really believe that. I, I, I try not to debate with people because I never met a person that said, you know what, after it's nine hours of it being articulately proven to me and the person won the debate, I said, you know what, I'm going to give in to this. Can I tell you that that's not what Jesus came to do? He didn't come to win debates. He came to win people. And so Jesus is, is God. It's what he says about himself. He says, I am and the Father are one. And God is what his disciples were looking for. God is who they were after. And this is how they communicated. They say, hey, if you really, Jesus says, if you really knew me, you would know my father because they were after the father. They like, take us to the father. Take us to where you're going to go. You're going to go to the father. We want to see the father. From now on, you don't know him. From now on, look what he says. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And I love Philip because Philip reminds me of us. Isn't it encouraging to be able to hear some of the disciples that Jesus had for three years and say, you know what, I think I'm a little better than him. And he said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. And Jesus answered, do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father? You want to see, you want to see God? You're looking at him. Oh, you want to see the great I am? You're looking at him. Oh, you want to see Yahweh? You're looking at him. You want to see El Shaddai? You're looking at him. You want to see El Elyon? You're looking at him. I am the Father. I love the Passion Translation. It says, for anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. What is Jesus communicating? He's saying, hey, look no further. You want to see God? You want to see Yahweh? Just look at me. And many of us have come from different walks of life, and we've created pictures and portraits of who God is and what he looks like. And some of us think that God is walking around like an angry man just looking to give us. He's like a cosmic policeman looking to give us a citation. And some of us picture God simply like a Gandalf look-alike and he's, and, he's, and he's walking around with a staff and, and this is the picture that we got of God. Can I suggest to you for you today that it would be better for you to just picture God as Jesus because that's exactly who he is. It would be better for you to picture God as Jesus because well, ultimately what Jesus is saying to Philip, he's saying, listen, I need you to understand something like you want, you want to see the Father but you don't understand that you've already seen him because you've laid eyes on me. Uh, see, you're looking, you're looking to, to see Yahweh, but you don't understand that you've looked at me, so you've already seen Yahweh. What, do you, what is it that you want to know about God? This is what Jesus is saying. He says, what do you want to know about God? What do you want to see about God? What kind of experience do you want to have with God? Why? Why? Because if you had it with me, you already had it with God. Oh, you want to know? You, you want to know how I know that my God is good? 
Because I look at the life of Jesus and I know that Jesus is good. You want to know how I know that God is generous? Because I look at Jesus and I see that he was generous. You want to know how I know if Jesus was kind? If God was kind, I look at Jesus and because Jesus is kind, I know that my God is kind. You want to know what God thinks about women? Just look at the life of Jesus. You want to know what God thinks about people? Just look at the life of Jesus. And let me tell you something. If I'm, in, if I'm back then, I'm like, Philip, let me give you a Bible study. I'm like, Philip, let me give you a Bible study. Do you know Psalms chapter 23? It says the Lord Yahweh is my shepherd. But do you know that John chapter 10 verse 10 says, I am the good shepherd. Do you know that in Isaiah it says, in, in Isaiah it says that he walked into the temple and he saw the glory of God. But when you look at John 12, Jesus said of himself, I am the glory that Isaiah saw. <laughs> When you look at Isaiah 45 and he says, God says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. But then you go to Philippians chapter 2 and it says, every knee shall bow <laughs> and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is saying, I am the Father. If you want to know God, if you want to have a relationship with God, if you want to relate to God, and if you're ever wondering anything about God, look no further than Jesus. My friends, can I tell you that God is no longer undefined, that Jesus is the unique and ultimate manifestation of God. And I'm grateful to read passages of scriptures like this because I see the very disciples that followed Jesus wrestled with this. And they lived with physical, visible, tangible, in the flesh, Jesus. And they wrestled with this understanding and this notion. And I love the grace of Jesus because do you know that Jesus is not scared of your questions? Do, do you know that Jesus is not intimidated by your confusion? Uh, do you know that Jesus is not fearful of your maybe stubbornness? All the Enneagram 8s, I'm just saying, praise God. <laughs> Jesus is so graceful that he takes the time to even, after three years of being with his disciples, to be like, hey, let me, let me take the time to speak to somebody like Philip. I'm grateful because I know that when I had these moments of doubt and these moments of questioning, these moments of not understanding, I, I'm grateful that Jesus takes the time to express himself to us and he'll take the time to reveal himself to you and he'll take the time to answer your questions and you might be thinking about something and two days later God sends someone your way and he, just to give you the answer that you were looking for that's the God that we serve he says you know the way to the place where I'm going Thomas jumps in Philip texts Thomas Thomas jumps in and says Lord we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way Jesus answered I am I am the way I am the way. Now, I love this verse because many times, you know, some of us got this verse tattooed and, and we just enjoy it for the surface level and the surface expression of this. And I think it's amazing because I love that verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's powerful, right? Like, it's so much more profound than that. Jesus says, I am the way. Now, I need you to get this. I need you to get this because he's saying, he's not saying I am a way. He's emphatically, you read this in the original language, he's emphatically declaring that I am the only way. Now, I need you to understand this because, I mean, I'm grateful that as a pastor, I have one of the greatest privileges 
as a pastor that I enjoy is bringing people into holy matrimony. And I thank God that I, I had the privilege of marrying a couple that I love dearly, and they are the Murrays. Gerard and Fran Murray. Come on. Praise God for that. I married those. I married those two, and man, that was an experience. And every time I marry people, this is one line that I give to everybody. This is one line. And it's, it's, it's do you, okay, so-and-so, give yourself to so-and-so as your one and only true love forsaking all others. Every time. And they have to agree. Now, in their case, it was unique because they were like, Pastor, can you be a witness to our marriage? And I said, absolutely, because that's what I do as a pastor. I'm there for my flock. Come on, somebody. And so I go there. And so they pick me up. I'm, we're headed to City Hall. And we're, I'm ready to be a witness. And it just dawned on me that I'm a pastor and I can marry people. So I said, hey, man, I don't know why we're doing this, but we can go back to the church. I'll pick up my little pamphlet. We'll do the ceremony in front of the church at 12 noon. And then we'll go have breakfast or something. And then you guys, I'm eating my way, I'm eating my way all day long, legally without sin. Come on, And I never forget it. So I grabbed my manual. We went to the church, pulled up. They got in front. I was in the altar. I began reading. And the problem is, is that I had the names of the previous wedding that I. And so I'm reading the, you know, this was on the spot ministries. You know what I'm saying? So we just had picked up the book. I grabbed it. And I'm looking at Mr. Murray. And then I open up the book and I say, do you, Mr. Murray? I say, and I, for some reason, I said, do you take? And then I said it. Catherine, as your one and only true love, forsaking all others. And I love Mr. Murray. I love Mr. Murray because Mr. Murray's a gangster. He just kept it pushing. He was like, he said, I don't know who Catherine is, but for sister friend, yes. And I thought that was exceptional. I thought that was exceptional because... First of all, he was a gangster about it. He was like, I don't know who Catherine is. All right, bro, I don't know what you're trying to do here if you're trying to get me in trouble. But then it was awkward because the woman he was about to marry, he called sister. So I was like, I don't know. You know, so it's okay. Let's keep it pushing. But this one line, one and only true love forsaking all others. Can I tell you, when Jesus says, I am the way, he's saying just that. He is saying, I am the only, the one and only way. There, there is no other way. There is no other route. There is no way else to get there. I am the way. Jesus, in context, is saying, listen, I am the way to God. But you need to understand this. And this is what the Holy Spirit re revealed to me. Because many times we do see Jesus as a way. And we have Jesus in our life as a way. But what Jesus is saying is much more profound than just being the means to something. Or being the means to an end. Jesus saying, I am the only way. Watch this. He says, I am in context. He's saying, I am the only way to God because I am God. He's saying, I am the only way to God because I am God. Well, how do I get to God? I get to God by the way. Well, what is the way? God. Well, how do you get to God? God. Hey, show me the way to God. Here it is, God. Some of us are getting it, and some of us are like, all right, Pastor, where are you going with this? He's like, I am the way to God because I am God. 
the way to God had to be God himself because we could not create, find, or even search with any eyes what the way was. And so you're wondering, how is it that I get to God? Here's the way to God. God gets to you. Oh, God. What am I saying? Listen to me. Listen to me as I preach this. The way to God is God. And what happens is with the world, 84% of the world are subscribed to a religion. In other words, most people believe that there is a God that exists out there. But they're trying to make their way to God. But they're overlooking the way to God, which is God in the person of Jesus. So what, he, what he's saying is like, listen, I am the way to God because I am God. And oftentimes, we're looking to search for God and find God. And this 84% of the world, at least, is subscribed to some form of religion. And they're saying, we want to make it to God. But the way to God is only one way. It's God making himself towards you. That is the way to God. How did, how did you get saved, God? I love people when they're like, you know, I found God. You didn't find God. So I was scared. You didn't find God, nothing. But you know, I was, you know, I was, I was dead in my sin, but then I found God. You ain't find Jack. My friends, can I tell you, it was God who find you. I love people that like, I say, how you doing? They're like, I'm holding on to God. I'm like, you think you could, you think you're strong enough to hold on to God? Can I tell you something? That it is God holding on to you. Listen, I was falling, I was troubled, but I held on to Jesus. No, sucker, God held on to you. How did I get saved? I am the, I am the way because, I am the way to God because I am God. Let's take it somewhere else. Like many of us are finding, looking for the way. This is, why, this is why he says, I am it. I am the way. I am the only way. I am the only way. I am the only way. I am the one and only way. And oftentimes we're like, we're trying to get to a certain destination. Oh my God, this is so good. We're trying to get to a certain destination. But what Jesus says is, I am the way to God because I am God. But he will also say, I am the way to joy because I am joy. And if you only seen Jesus as a means... And as a bridge to get to joy, you miss out that it's Jesus who brings joy to you, who becomes the way to joy, and then becomes the destination of joy. He's saying, I am joy. He says, I am. He says, he says, he says, I am the way to joy because I am joy. I am the way to peace because I am peace. I am the way to happiness because I am happiness. I am the way to, to success because I am success. Woo! This is Jesus' declaration. He says, I am the way. And oftentimes we have lost our way. And what the Holy Spirit showed me is that we have lost our way. Not because we plugged in the, the coordinates of God's, uh, uh, God's address. It's because we've taken God and plugged the coordinates to something else. Thinking that that was God. And we have lost our way. What I mean, I went to Hershey Park yesterday. So when I went to Hershey Park, I plugged in Hershey Park and the coordinates to Hershey Park. But oftentimes, how many of you know that you've plugged in the wrong address, and when you get there, you realize that that's not Hershey Park, but all the while, you thought you were getting to Hershey Park. So, so when I was like, God, you're like a GPS. You reroute us. You know what God told me? He said, silly boy. He said, you think a GPS competes with me? I don't reroute people. I said, what do you mean? He goes, because people haven't plugged me in, me in as their destination. I said, I said, I said, God, you good. 
He says, people haven't plugged me. So when people lose their way, it's not because they put the proper coordinates of God. It's because they're taking the label of God and they put it in a separate address. But when they get, what I mean is that they get to success and they find out because they idolize success. They find out they're still unhappy, they're still unfulfilled. See, you plugged in the destination of happiness, and when you got there, you realized, see, you've lost your way. Not because you plugged into the destination of God and God had to reroute you. No, it's that God had to change the destination all together. See, you thought that when you get into that relationship and you get married, that you will finally find happiness, and God's saying, yeah, you put the wrong address on. You lost your way. You thought when you get that next zero in your bank account that you'll reach some level of success. God is saying, no, you've plugged in the wrong destination. You've lost your way. And I thank God that God doesn't just show a way. God doesn't become a way. God brings the way and he places it right under your nose because you could not find the way. And I love God. And the picture that, that God showed me is that God literally ripped the bridge from the ground and places it upon your nose. And he says, come on, walk on me because I am the way. God doesn't say, let me lead you to the way. Let me lead you to a bridge. Let me lead you to the destination. He brings the destination to you. And he says, just walk with me and work with me and live with me. And the destination is what? It's a relationship with Jesus. You want to know what the way to God is? It is a destination. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you believe that in this place, give him a praise. He says, I am. The way, I am the way to, to God because I am God. But then he also says, I am, I am the truth. Oh, and by the way, can I just say, instead of us criticizing, and some people might hear this, maybe you're tuning in online and, you, and you're saying maybe it's impossible. How could there be only one way? How could there be only one way to God? It makes sense, don't it? That the only way to God is God. And instead of us criticizing that there is only one way, let's just be excited and praise God that there actually is a way. See, if this building was in fire, I wouldn't be complaining that there's only one exit. I'd be saying, let me get to that exit. And I thank God that he brings the exit to me and he says, you can walk in through the door. He's a, he makes a way. He brings the way. He says, I am the truth. And when he says, I am the truth, oh, let me break this down to you. He says, I am the God-centered reality you need to live the way I called you to live. I'm going to say that again. I am the God-centered reality you need to live the way I called you to live. He's saying, he's saying, what truth is, we live in a time where truth is so subjective and so relative and so opinionated. Everyone has an opinion with no expertise. Everyone has, has an idea with no backup. Everyone has something that they want to share, but they have no credentials behind it. There's so many people who will become experts by their own accord. And there's so many people that have subjective truth and pseudo-truth and relative truth. And what God wants to say to us today is that he is the truth. Now, what does that mean? That means that the truth of God is a God-centered reality. The truth of God is a God-centered reality. And what that means is like, it's what is God's reality about this? That's why when people ask me, hey, what's your opinion on so-and-so and this and that? I'm like, I don't have an opinion. I just have God's reality. 
When people are, hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I just have God's reality. What does God say about this? What is God's proclamation about this? And let me tell you something. I need you to hear me very clearly. When you are steeped into a God reality, you see life differently. When you are completely submerged in a God reality, you see life differently. He says, I am the way, I am the way, but I'm also the truth. I am the God-centered reality that you need to live the way I've called you to live. So many of us are trying to live the way God has called us to live without having a God reality perspective. I love the way he says it in Luke chapter 12. He says, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Now watch. He says, steep yourself in a God reality, God initiative, God provision. What is he saying? He says, you need to submerge your entire life, your perspective, your thoughts, your emotions in a God reality. And this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He says, listen, when you begin to steep yourself in a God reality, you see things differently. I'll tell you right now, when you steep yourself in a God reality, people don't look like enemies. They look like friends. Like, like have you, like, I know there are people that are steeped into a God reality just the way I, I know. You know how I know? how they treat people. Like, you ever met someone that's more healed than you? Emotionally? Like, I know for sure Reuben is more healed than me. Pastor Reuben is more healed than me because I get offended for him. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, stuff happens and, and Reuben's like, that's all right, man. We're good. I'm like, what? What if that was me? I would have, mm, 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 mm. Everyone was like, nah, it's not, it's not like that. And I'm like, wow, this guy's steeped into a God-centered reality. He's able to see people not as enemies but as friends. Let me tell you, when you begin to steep yourself in a God-centered reality, you, you, you don't see meaning as getting. You see meaning as discovering your purpose. When you, when you steep yourself in a God-centered reality, you don't see purpose as selfish ambition. You see it as serving others. When you steep yourself in a God-centered reality, let me tell you, you begin to see people differently. You begin to see life differently. You begin to see your calling differently. You begin to see your existence differently. You begin to see offenses differently. You don't see offenses as something someone did to you. You see offenses as someone, something someone did for you. They gave you an opportunity to forgive. They gave you an opportunity to be gracious. They gave you an opportunity to lead them to Jesus. They gave you an opportunity for them to say, hey, how is it that you're not mad at me? How is it that you've forgiven me? Because I've been forgiven because I've been forgiven he is the way he is the truth and my reality is not that you've offended me but that God has forgiven me with his grace it's a God-centered reality the Holy Spirit showed me this the other day he said he said and, and I didn't know what he meant when he said it but he said some of us need to get an enemy upgrade and that's what I said and I said what do you mean he said what it is is that that too often God's people are still stuck fighting lower class enemies. And I said, what is a lower class enemy? Because I could get canceled just by saying lower class. <laughs> he says a lower class enemy is when you're trying to fight a war still with physical 
means. He said, often times it's that my own people are still trying to battle people as if they are the enemy. And he, and he showed me this picture. He said, you know how when you was a kid, you used to get in the arcade, and if you, know what a, if you don't know what an arcade is, just ask your parents. That was a good joke. I'm just, <laughs> that was good. You're playing in the arcade. I used to play this game called Street Fighter. And usually, about 80% of the time, it was the first enemy was Chung Li. And you know what I became an expert at? Beating Chung Li. So you know who I liked fighting? Chung Li. Because it was a winning battle for me. But I knew that if I ever was going to face Bison, I wouldn't be able to defeat Bison with the skills that I defeated Chung Li. And so many of us are comfortable fighting people because those are the only skills you have. When God is saying you need to upgrade your enemy and see that there are influences and perspectives behind that. There is hurt behind that. And you're still trying to fight them, but you're not dealing with the enemy in a me. And you're not looking at the enemy that is behind them. You're still fighting at the lower class level of battle. When you need to upgrade your battle and start fighting enemies, as, as the apostle Paul said, he says, my weapons are not with flesh and bone. Can I tell you, your husband is not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. Your children are not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your sister, your brother is not your enemy. The person that offended you is not your enemy. Listen, we only have one enemy. We only have one enemy and according to the Bible, we have authority over that enemy and the only advantage that he has is something called a lie and if he can get you to see your brother and your sister as your enemy, he'll have you entertain with lower class enemies instead of taking shots at him. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but God wants to tell somebody get steeped in into a God reality if you believe that in this place give God a shout get steeped in into a God reality the last thing he says I am the way I am the truth and I am the life and as I have 12 10 seconds to finish this message let the worship team come up he says I am the life and what he's Saying is, he's not saying I am existence. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying I'm existence. He's saying I am life. What he's saying, when you read that, he's saying I am, I am the only life. It's, it's exclusive. Jesus is saying I am the point of it all. And he's saying I am the source of it all. He's saying true life is found in me. And through me and for me. I want to read that to us again. He says, I am the point of it all and the source of it all. True life is found in me, through me, and for me. I need you, I need you to catch that in your spirit today. I need you to open up your heart to what I'm saying today. And, and Jesus is saying... I am the only way to what true life looks like. Everything else is a facade. That's why you got to steep yourself in that reality. You got to submerge yourself in that reality. There is too much, too much, mo too much, too, that mocha latte, too much momentum. There's too much momentum of your past 
trying to tell you different. The other day, I looked at myself and I was like, I was a little upset at myself that I wasn't as angry as I used to be because someone said something to me the other day and I didn't get offended, but I thought of who I was five years ago and that I would have gotten offended and I would have told them a thing or two. But I was like, yo, Ro, you, you soft because you're not, as, you're not as, as mean as you used to be. You're gonna let that person step all over you? I'm like, yeah, I'm not dealing with them as enemies anymore. I see, like, I just can't anymore. I can't feel the offense. I've been forgiven too much. I wish I could. I wish I could. I would have to muster up the anger that I no longer possess. So call me soft. I say it's grace. And Jesus says this to his disciples. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hear me. He says, in a little while, the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live in you. And you will also live in me. And it's, it's so much intricate details when it comes to what Jesus is saying right here. But he's saying, like, listen to the picture. He's, uh, uh, view the picture. He's saying, he's saying, I'm about to go die. I'm, a, I'm gone. I'm chucking the deuce. You're not going to see me anymore. I'm out. Death is saturated all over here. Departure is saturated all over here. And he's like, but I'm going to live. And that's when the disciples begin to get it. He says, I'm going to live in you, but you're going to live in me. But you're going to be able to see me. Don't worry about trying to look at me. You're going to be able to see me because I'm going to live in you. Now I'm living with you because I'm here physically. But when I depart, I'm going to live in you. And you're going to live in me. And when people see you, they're going to see me. getting it. Listen to me, Kuhau, they're getting it. They're realizing that Jesus is the point. But Jesus, what about, what, weren't you supposed to come here, Jesus, and save us from the Roman government? Jesus, weren't you supposed to overthrow these guys who've had us in bondage for hundreds of years? No, that's not, that's not really my agenda, guys. My kingdom's not really of this world. So I'm not here to overthrow earthly governments. I'm here to establish a divine government even in the midst of earthly governments. That's not really on my agenda. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know, like, that's not my agenda. My, like, so the point of life is not trying to get the upper hand or the point of life is not. See, if Jesus was really frank at that moment, he says, yeah, you overthrow the Roman government. You're going you're gonna to die by them. One of the most prolific apostles is going to be beheaded. Peter is going to be crucified upside down. John is going to be boiled, and they're going to try to kill him. They're not going to be able to kill him. They're going to have to outcast him to the island of Patmos. Like, you, like, that's not the point. The point of life is not just living. The point of, of life is me. It's me living in you and you living in me. And that's when you get it. Like, this is old song that I... That just came to me this week, and I just, I was just like, that's all I want. And it's give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. But give me Jesus. Give me Jesus.
give me Jesus, you can have all this. I get in thought sometimes of how much I think I am the king of my kingdom and I put these expectations on Lisa and on my children sometimes and I'm like that's not life, that's not God's agenda and I could imagine like Philip and Thomas having these, but what about my family what about what am I supposed to do, he's like no I'm living in you and you're living in me like that's it, I am the point of, the light, of life, I'm the source of it all but I am what your heart's been looking for I am that. That's who I am. I am the source of it all. I am the point of it all. And I'll tell you right now, I have my opinions. Where, the, where, where our world is right now, our world is right now, you want to see your, pat, your pastor get ratchet? Yo, let them tell me that we got to get vaccinated to have service. I'm just saying, like, I'm not against vaccinations, and I'm not pro-vaccinations. But let them tell me. But can I tell you, that's not the point. I got, that rises up on me. But what if God was saying, hey, you still have to establish the kingdom some way, somehow, through that. I will never be pro-mandating vaccines. And we have people that have been vaccinated and people that haven't been vaccinated, and, and I'm good with all of it. What I am not good with is people projecting on the church what can be mandated for us to come together. But can I tell you, even as it may, so much is going on in our world today. So much. But that's not the point of it all. The point is Jesus. So don't, don't think that I'm like just, I'm so Jesus out that I don't have my own proclivities and my own desires and my own, no. But I know what's the foundation. I know what's the point. And the point of this life is Jesus. That's it. It's knowing Jesus. It's embracing his love. It's being in relationship with him and then sharing that love with a world that is empty of love. I can't tell you how much Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. In my dying day, all I would say is Jesus loves you so much. He loves you. He yearns to speak with you. He yearns to worship, that you would worship with him. He yearns to be in relationship with you. And you might be like, I don't know about this Christianity stuff. I don't know about this God stuff. I don't know about who God is. But can I tell you that Jesus absolutely loves you? And let me tell you, like me, if you reject me, that's fine. I might get offended that you rejected me. But I'm offended because you offended me. I'm hurt because you offended me. When you reject Jesus, he's not offended. 
He's sad that he's lo you're losing out on a relationship with him. And so you might have your questions today and you say, I don't know about this God. I, I don't know anything about him. I just say, look at Jesus. You might think God is angry at you. But I spoke to a woman that was caught in adultery and she said he wasn't angry at me. He was gracious to me. You might think that God is looking for perfect obedience, but I spoke to a rich young ruler and the rich young ruler said he wasn't looking for perfect obedience. He was looking for a relationship with me. You might think that God is, is, is a God of judgment towards you and he wants to judge you. But I spoke to a woman at the well and she said all he wanted was to talk to me and to quench the thirst of my soul. I spoke to them. And this is who God is. He's Jesus. And I want to submit to you today that Jesus is God, but that only matters when Jesus is God in your heart. Like I said, we're not here to win debates. We're here to win people. So if you can get up on your feet as I pray today. in this place or you're watching online I want to pray with you and I'm going to pray for you right now but if today you say hey I would like to place my faith in Jesus I would like to have this relationship with Jesus I'll tell you right now you follow Jesus Jesus will show you that he can be God in your life that he's there to rule and reign in your life that it's not your perspective, it's his in your life. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Say, hey, I want to enter a relationship with Jesus. Can I pray for you? If you're tuning in online right there where you are, I want you to lift up your hand. God sees your hand. And the moment you lift up your hand, this doesn't save you, but there's something that's happening in your heart that you're professing publicly by raising up your hand. So at the count of three, one, two, three, lift up your hand if that's you. Just give me Jesus, just give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can put your head, hand right back down. Say this prayer with me. Say this, say this. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. And thank you for giving me new life. Today, I confess and declare you to be Lord of my life. And from this day forth, I am a new creation because you died for me and you rose again on the third day. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, can we just celebrate God in this place? Come on, let's celebrate him right there where you are. Let's begin to worship him right there where you are. Worship him like he's God. Worship him like he's Lord of your life. Don't just worship him like he takes part in it. Worship him like he's the point of it. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend.
We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.